Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting opportunity with you. The Breaking Free Workshop will teach you a step-by-step guide to turn your passions into profit. Join us for a transformative experience where you'll learn how to smash through your career plateau with a personalized plan in five strategic steps, avoid common mistakes that could be holding you back, and identify critical actions for the next month to accelerate your progress toward your goals. Don't miss this opportunity to take control of your career destiny and create the lifestyle you desire. Your first workshop is free. Register now for the Breaking Free Workshop. Visit smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops for all the details. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops. Suddenly with COVID, it no longer seemed like this great risk. It suddenly seemed like a possibility. So I thought, okay, let's, once this big pandemic's over, let's give it a go. And that was almost two years ago now. And that was how I ended up going out and becoming a corporate refugee. In today's episode of Smashing the Plateau, we're joined by Genevieve Hayes, a remarkable entrepreneur who transformed the challenges of the COVID pandemic into a launching pad for her own business. Genevieve will share her enthralling journey from navigating the corridors of corporate power to embracing the autonomy of entrepreneurship. She'll also delve into the risks and rewards of starting your own venture and the unintended consequences the pandemic had on her career trajectory. This conversation is filled with invaluable insights that reveal how a corporate refugee can leverage their skills, confront the unknown, and ultimately gain control over their professional destiny. Get ready to be inspired by Genevieve's story as we delve into the strategies that helped her smash her own plateau. Now let's welcome Genevieve Hayes. Dr. Genevieve Hayes is the director of Genevieve Hayes Consulting, which helps organizations understand emerging technologies such as AI and analytics and how these technologies can be used to create business value. She also lectures in data science at the University of Melbourne and is the host of the podcast, Value Driven Data Science. Genevieve, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, David. So you have a very unique niche consulting business. How did you get started in it? Well, I originally trained as an actuary and a statistician, and I worked in the general insurance industry for the first part of my career including almost 10 years managing pricing and analytics teams. And one of the great things about those jobs was that they gave me this opportunity to work directly with senior management at a very early point in my career. So boards, executives, CEOs, people like that. Because even though I wasn't in senior management myself, I was often the most senior person in the organization who could understand all these technical calculations like the insurance pricing calculation. So when the results of those calculations had to go to the board and CEO for approval, I was the one who got to present rather than my boss or my boss's boss. 
And that was a fantastic learning experience. It taught me a lot about working with executives and boards and communicating technical concepts to non-technical audiences. But in being able to work with these executives, I got to see what their lives and careers were like. And I realized that wasn't for me. I remember looking at my boss and he was a very smart man, but it was like watching someone being on a hamster wheel for 10 to 12 hours every day. He was just going from meeting to meeting and answering emails. And no, that wasn't for me. And so while I was working as a manager, I'd also done my master's in machine learning. And I had this idea that maybe I could become a chief analytics officer at an organization. But as I said, looking at my boss sort of put me off that. So after I graduated, I decided, okay, let's have a go at putting what I've learned to use in a business environment. So I left the insurance industry and took a technical specialist data science role if with a large government organisation outside the insurance industry. And that was also great in that it gave me the hands-on technical experience I wanted, but I lost the access to the key decision makers that I was used to in my previous roles. And that wasn't working for me. And around that time, COVID hit, which made it very difficult for me to do my job because I was based in Melbourne and the head office for my job was based in Canberra. And before COVID, I was traveling back and forth about once a month and COVID just made that impossible. But what the lockdowns did do was give me a lot of time to think about my future and what I wanted to do with my career. And I realised what I wanted was a job that was basically a combination of the job I currently had and the jobs I'd been doing in the past. And I spent about six months looking through online job ads, speaking to people in my network, looking for that job that I had in mind. And it just didn't exist. And But in talking to all these people, I realised a lot of them had effectively created their own jobs. And whereas when I was younger, I'd been afraid of the idea of going out on my own and because I thought it was too high risk. Suddenly with COVID, it no longer seemed like this great risk. Uh, It suddenly seemed like a possibility. So I thought, okay, let's, once this big pandemic's over, let's give it a go. And that was almost two years ago now. And that was how I ended up going out and becoming a corporate refugee. (laughs) Genevieve, why did COVID make entrepreneurship seem like less of a risk? Well, firstly, it created a break for me. So I'd been used to just keeping on going forward. And COVID suddenly caused me to stop and think, but that's not answering your question. It was, it made me realize anything could happen, but it also, it was because my, I didn't realize how dependent my job was on being able to travel back and forth between Canberra and Melbourne. And 
a lot of that, the work that I had was dependent on actually being physically in the room with the key decision makers or with my boss. And a lot of the work I had at that organisation suddenly evaporated when I could no longer be in that room. And it wasn't a far stretch for me to imagine, well, this is probably how people's jobs can completely evaporate. And I'm sure I would have been fine had I kept going and COVID ended and I was able to travel back. But it it just made that a reality for me, how a supposedly safe job is not necessarily safe. Well said. So now that you've been an entrepreneur for for some time, what's your perspective on the different levels of risk between a job and having your own business? I actually think having your own business is less risky. Talk to me about that. (laughs) Well, it's a matter of what you can control. I mean, it's like with financial investments. I've heard the argument that active investment is less risky than passive investment because you're no longer at the whims of the market. And whereas with active investment, if you know what you're doing, you can actually control a lot of the risk. And it's the same with being in a job as an employee versus being in a job as an entrepreneur. If you're in a job as an employee, you are completely at the whims of your employer. When I was, one job I had, you know, about, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, I, it was a job that was based in the Melbourne CBD and I loved that job and I probably would have been happy to continue in that job for 10, 20, 30 years. I loved it to bits. But then it was a government job and the Premier of Victoria, as in order to try and win the next election, one day just announced out of the blue that everyone in this organisation was going to be moving to regional Victoria. And even though I didn't get made redundant or fired or anything, I wasn't prepared to move to regional Victoria. So it meant I immediately had to go and look for a new job. And that is a risk that I don't have to bear when I'm working as an entrepreneur because my job exists where I say it is. And there are lots of other examples of how I have control over risks that I would not have control over if I was an employee. How much does having control over the risks as an entrepreneur tie into what's important to you as a person? Well, what's most important to me? I mean, probably like every corporate refugee who you've interviewed on this program, having freedom and control over my destiny are very important to me. So that definitely ties in very well. But one of the things I was thinking about in preparation for this show is I think the what I value the most is having the opportunity to challenge myself in life. And in many ways, when you're an employee, you can't choose the opportunities that you're assigned to. It's like a lottery. Sometimes you get the really great opportunities that can challenge you, but other times you get the do this task for the 20 millionth time and things that aren't a good fit. So having that control over 
my job and my destiny means that I can steer the ship in a direction that will allow me to challenge myself. That is um, very astute. And now that you have um, better control over focusing on what's important, what's one goal or maybe how, maybe you could describe how your goals are determined based on what you're now controlling and also what's important to you? Okay. Well, when I first started this business, I thought that this business would be about me sharing my technical knowledge with businesses and helping them to add value through that. But one of the things that I've learnt in just the first two years I've been doing this is that my understanding of data science was completely wrong, basically. I thought data science was all about just the technical skills that underpinned what I did, so machine learning, statistics and that. But that isn't data science. That's machine learning. That's statistics. What data science is is taking those tools and applying them to a business environment in order that businesses can make better decisions. That's what it is at the end of the day. So once that started to click in my mind, it just, I set the challenge for myself, which was how can I take what I'm learning, which is this amalgam of all these technical skills I've learned to date with all these new skills I'm learning about business and communicate them and package them up so that businesses can take that knowledge and use it to help them make better decisions in what they're doing. So that would be my goal, to take that knowledge and use it to help organisations make decisions better. And by controlling my own destiny, I'm in a position where I can do that. Mm. So do you have a particular business objective that you're working on now that connects your role in helping clients improve their interpretation of data to make better decisions and how that may be connected to an objective that you're working on? Well, for the first two years of my consultancy business, a lot of the tasks I've been working on have been freelancing consulting type work. So service type tasks. And those are great. That's a great way of understanding the problems that your ideal client is facing. But now that I've managed to gather that information from doing that work, I want to be able to take that and package it up in a way so that I can provide a better service to the people I am serving through consulting type work, but also provide it in a more packaged form. So for example, a book or online course that I can use to share that information with others who might not be able to afford to access my services directly. And where are you in the process of developing the the book and the online course and, and the other revenue streams that may be tied to the, to your framework? I'm actually very early in that, in that 
process because uh, I've just come off a major project that I was working on all of last year. But that in itself was good because just having that time when I couldn't start writing, I was so desperate to start getting these ideas down that it felt like you know they were constantly bubbling around in my head. And now I'm at the point where I'm just ready to just start writing them all out. And that's my goal for the next 12 months to try and start, well, initially getting them out in the form of my email list, which is something that I write twice a week, and then start compiling it together into things like the book and the online course. Genevieve, how do you balance some of these activities that are related to um, kind of internal work on your business and setting the stage for your business to grow using these additional resources and tools versus time spent in direct service to clients. So on the business versus in the business, you're saying? Yeah. It's a common dilemma for entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Last year, I was And by the way, part of what goes into this is one element pays the bills now and the other element pays the bills later and potentially could pay more bills. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last year I was on a major project that was taking up the majority of my time and it was frustrating as anything that I didn't have that time in order to build the future of my business. But at the same time, I've uh, had the Australian summer to focus on building the business. So it's a matter of making sure that if you have to devote 100% of your time to a project, that when it's over, you make the time up to start building your business. And I, once the Australian summer's over, I've got some other client work lined up and I'll be back at that. But I'm hoping I can uh, arrange that so that I've still got some time to work on building the business. And the fact was, even when I was working 100% on the client work, I still managed to get in time here and there for things that mattered to me, like my podcast and writing my LinkedIn posts. Yeah. So judicious planning of your time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Genevieve, how are you tapping into community to support your business? I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the support of my network or my community. As I said previously, my original decision to start this business came after having a large number of conversations with people in my community. And it was literally just, I got my LinkedIn page and went through it and I was reaching out to all these people who I'd met throughout my career and saying, look, would you be willing to have a half hour Zoom conversation with me to discuss what it is you do in your job and what you like about it and what you dislike about it? And that was what made me realize that running a business was a viable possibility for me because out of all the people that I was speaking to, the ones that I most wanted to be like were the ones who were running their own businesses. (laughs) And since I've been doing this, every time I get stuck on a particular business problem, I've found the solution is always having more conversations, reaching out to people and just talking to them. And it often it's not even with any 
clear question in mind. It's just asking things like, tell me about what it is that you do. And I've found that always helps unblock whatever it is that's blocking me. That's a a great answer. Genevieve, congratulations on everything that you have built and your your courage to step out of your comfort zone and get out of the, the corporate grind and build a successful business on your own. What is one piece of advice or maybe one thing that you would say to a corporate refugee that's going to move the ball forward for them in their career? Have more conversations. Simple as that. I love it. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share before we close out? I think you haven't asked me it, but it was one of the points that I thought of when when I was preparing for this, which was before I became a corporate refugee, I didn't have a proper grasp of how business works. And I did a business degree. I did a commerce degree in addition to actuarial. I you know, I understand accounting. I understand finance. I understand economics. But it's so different when you're in charge of steering the ship. So I think to anyone who's thinking about becoming a corporate refugee, I think it is so worth it just to – it's to understand how business works. It's better than doing a commerce degree. And and is there any way to find out how business works besides actually doing it? Honestly, as I said, I did a degree on it and I understood all the theory, but until you start actually having to put this into practice in order to pay your bills, you are never going to internalize that theory. Quite true. There's nothing quite like it. I can I can attest uh, that I feel the same way, having been in my own business for a long time. But um, yeah, there's, there's nothing quite like sitting in the driver's seat to understand how mm. it really feels and how things work. Yeah, exactly. Genevieve, I want to thank you so much for coming on Smashing the Plateau and, and sharing your story and your insights and being so forthright in... Um, Really a a great discussion that I think is going to be helpful for anyone who is thinking about going solo in the process of going solo or has gone solo and they're trying to grow their business. Um, You've shared some great nuggets today. My guest today has been AI and analytics specialist Genevieve Hayes. Thank you, Genevieve, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Making the leap from the corporate career track to entrepreneurial business ownership can be done more effectively when you follow a system. In our Breaking Free workshop, you'll learn the five steps to smash your plateau, craft a weekly progress plan, and avoid common mistakes. This workshop is for dreamers, risk takers, and those ready to accelerate their business journey. Your first workshop is free. Visit smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops for details and to secure your spot in the next workshop. Don't miss out on this opportunity for a career transformation. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops. Join us on our next episode of Smashing the Plateau for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.